So you're 20 plus, yeah, and now you're adulting. You have to deal with career, finance, relationships, and probably marriage. Welcome to Being 20 Plus, where we bring you our real-life experiences and how we are navigating them in our 20s. This is brought to you by Joyce and Laura. Hey, Laura. Hi, Joyce. How are you doing? Um, I'm fine, thank you. Is it okay to say Happy New Year? I think I think that's fair because actually this is our first episode for the year. Can you believe that? Yes, exactly our first episode. I think we just and it's January twenty. I don't know January twenty five, January twenty six. Oh, yeah, twenty nine. Hey, <laughs> we might as well say Happy New Month. But anyways, we're here. That's what really matters. Yes, um, and this is so exciting. Uh, and just like so everyone like to start off the podcast for this year i guess we can call this season two right laura this season yes two. we can definitely yeah can. exactly sort of our season two we are starting off by doing a career well okay no sorry a like life progression series like self-development series and we want to like take pick up various areas of life that you know a couple of us have goals in i know i have goals in like different areas of my life um and we're going to talk to someone i know like some of you suggested in our comments or in our dms to have people on the podcast and so to do this series we're going to like bring someone on someone who we think is like really thriving in that field and basically i ask them questions give us tips for how they're progressing in that area um and and like you might as or as you might have already guessed we are going to start off talking about career and just like all things career you know laura and i are career babes um so we're going to start off talking all things career and the person that we have on the podcast today is victoria inoka hiamadu am i supposed to drop off this? <laughs> hi victoria hi, welcome victoria. to being 20 plus hi guys hi joyce hi. hi laura how are you guys doing okay well, so I'm going, to, Thank you. I'm going to pause okay. quickly for victoria to do a quick intro but before that can i just say that victoria is my role model my <laughs> mentor like if it's possible for you to have a role model that is your age i don't really know uh, but yeah i think you can and if you can is my role model i look up to for all things career you know uh, like if i'm in a slump and i need to talk to somebody and i'm like i don't want to go and talk to all the like big guns and all the grown-up people i just go to like victoria so super excited to have you on victoria today yeah, i'm so happy to be here actually thank you guys for having me mm-hmm. yeah, so we so Victoria, do you want to start by telling us a bit about yourself and like oh yeah sure happy to do that so i'm, I'm victoria enoch ahemadu um i work for africa finance corporation um it's a multilateral finance association that focuses on investing in infrastructure on the continent of africa um i have like what now maybe three to four years you'll say experience working in infrastructure and project finance um and that was like my first full-time job after uni um but i studied economics in university all of us here actually we're all cosmetics so <laughs> yeah we all studied economics um maybe i'll detail of how we're thinking we'll be like economists and coming yeah. up with and <laughs> yeah. how we found ourselves in somewhere different but yeah um i'm also a cfa charter holder that's something i'm excited about Ooh, okay <laughs> i think I that's mean. pretty much me i like to chill sleep read and travel 
So yeah, that's pretty much me. Thank you very much, Victoria. Do you have anything to add? Oh, about Victoria. Hmm. Yeah. You really want me to add, Laura. <laughs> no, but like, well, yeah, so aside from that, can we also add that, like Victoria said, we were all classmates and yeah. she was our tutor, essentially. Yeah, she so was I like guess. basically the student teacher who was carrying all of us <laughs> on her back in that course. Yes. So, um, yeah, I'll just add that. Right, and Joyce, I'll add that we remember our trip to India. That's what I just remembered <laughs> randomly. <you know>? Yes, <laughs> oh, I that is so true. I didn't even hey. go to the academy. Hey. Yeah, yeah, she actually just and I go back to FA. Yes, yeah, go so way back actually. I and Victoria have actually done like some some challenges together. We've done some challenging things together. We've actually yeah. come a really long way. <laughs> okay, very full circle moment. Indeed. Okay, so um, Victoria already told us about herself, right? And um, she also mentioned how long she's worked with AFC. So I wanted to, since like you spoke about uni and like this is the first full-time job that you've had, you know, yeah. since uni. So I would like to ask, um, what advice can you give someone now or maybe person rounding up like about career choices? Oh yeah, sure. That's a good question, actually. Um... So, hmm, I don't know if this is the point where I start telling my own story. But <laughs> I think my story is really how I would describe how I came up where I am now. So, mm-hmm. I think, um, firstly, maybe let me just try and put it in, like, five, like, bullet points. So, I think, firstly, you need to know yourself, um, what your strengths are. And then I'll just use my story as the example for all of this exercise, all of these points, right? Okay. So, um, you need to know yourself, you need to know what you like, your strengths, what um the things that make you tick right so someone like me I know I love my numbers I know I love my excel sheets like don't take away my numbers and my excel sheets from me Mm. so um having known that like that's what even made me go towards economics in university um because I knew it was very number heavy it was had lots of calculations and whatnot so I like math I like all of that so once you know your strengths that can kind of narrow you down to what you want to do Right. So when I was leaving secondary school and coming into uni, um, I had thought I actually wanted to do engineering because of how I loved math. Right. But I then later changed and then I said, OK, because I didn't even go to technical class in the first place. I was in commercial class. So I then ended up being I'm going to economics because people had told me, OK, you can study economics and then end up like in engineering to do like finance for them or something. So I was like, OK, maybe that's the path I would do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's just really yourself what you what you like because everyone has like deep down what they like what they enjoy um once you find that um try to find careers around it i think the second point for me would be sort of just like now you've known yourself it's important to then go and find out what career available um in that space right so if you like like event planning right so you want to you like just organizing things it'll be good to go and find out careers that exist in event planning in um in just management generally or project management do you see so even like finance for example if you like numbers you know that finance is an option for you banking is an option for you um being a sales trader is an option for you so those different fields that exist based on that strength and that liking you have do you see so for my case right um so i study economics um initially i wanted to be like an economist actually but I knew that I still had this loving, longing for finance or numbers, right? Because I knew that economics is just like writing papers and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I knew that like I needed to um, still be having my numbers by my side. So 
I was excited when I heard about the field called development finance, which kind of merged both fields together. So I was like, okay, interesting. This can be something I can pursue, right? Because it takes my two deep interests and combines it together. So um, that's the research part, right? Um, and then I think also it's important, thirdly, to speak to people that have gone ahead of you. So people that have like recently graduated or people that have had like a couple of years of experience or even a lot of years of experience so that they can indeed tell you, because it's one thing to like read on the internet and Google what the field is about. It's another thing to really hear from someone that does it on a day-to-day on what it entails. Do you see? So it's important to have that conversation with a couple of people. You don't need to talk to so many people so that you don't get confused. Um, no. But if you key people that you consider as like role models you look up to in terms of the way their career has told to just understand how it really is on a day-to-day and um i think after that then in all of this actually i think it's first of all important to like pray for god's guidance sorry i I should have added this at the beginning but i think i'll add it at the at the end because it's the foundation of the of the rock or the roofing that covers everything so you need Mm -hmm. to pray for god as well and then his direction because there are many paths you can tour and there are many paths you took right so you need yeah. to obviously as god is the sovereign entity and the sovereign um the person that created everyone on earth so based on your religion as being christian i prayed to god and then i prayed prayed for direction i prayed for insight i prayed for clarity just so that i know what exactly i'm going to pursue and which one would be the best for my skill set and my experience and my personality right and then when you've done all of this i think it's then important someone that's just leaving uni or just about to graduate and uh, a career it's important to then be start getting like commercially aware in that field that you you're looking to get into right so if you want to like do finance or you want to do um commercial banking or whatever it is so understanding okay like what are the banks in, in this um in the, in the country what what where are the institutions what opportunities are available do you do you understand um i'm just even reading just being aware of the news because that helps you one know the opportunities that exist to become a well-rounded professional because like even when you go for like interviews and you get to engage people already in the industry you begin to speak like you've had experience not knowing that your experience is just really from reading and things you've gathered right so yeah. i think that's that's really i'm trying to keep the answer not too long but i think is yeah i think that's quite to be capped so you need to know yourself you need to research you need to speak to people that have gone ahead of you you need to pray for god's guidance and then you need to be commercially aware of the opportunities and go for it yeah okay, can i just add that in my big age this is i think almost five years after uni these points are still like they sound fresh to me even mm-hmm. though like you know, knew them but so it's not just for those that are uni or rounding off school right <laughs> it's for us to be yeah. okay nice yeah. thank you so much i like how you like you know made it into five points thank you yeah i think that's really good and i really like yes. the point about talking to people but not talking mm. to too many people so you don't get yeah. confused i'm just like oh my god yes because that can happen where like you're talking god I, I don't even want to get into it but that's something i've been learning a lot recently like not over overdoing it but um and then also the point about knowing yourself i think is very very important because yes. i think yeah. i think like nowadays people just like go for what's glamorous like okay so now someone might be listening to this podcast is and he's like oh victoria works you know like she works in AFC and that's so cool so let me apply there yeah. and then you yeah. might go in and then hit 
it you know so it's just like yeah. really knowing yourself okay just on that afc point um the next question that we have for you is like would you say that it's been difficult or like how's how's it how, what's your experience been working as um uh, such a big international organization as afc um and i know that you describe it as a multilateral organization never heard that before so very interesting for me but um I, would you say it's been a difficult journey or how's your experience been in general so yeah the multilateral word is just like <laughs> it just simply means like it's a dfi so it's because called they call this kind of institution development finance institution so like the afdbs mm-hmm. and the ifcs and the ebrds of the world so they basically yeah. and how to explain it in simple english but let me just try and break it down they basically provide um, investments in countries and then mm-hmm. sort of they sort of would do what governments would ideally be doing but they are from the private sector perspective so ideally in an economy mm-hmm governments are responsible for like um, growth and economic development and investing in infrastructure to grow the economy. But these institutions are then set up um, as private entities, but they then work with these governments to implement and deploy most of these projects. So that's just, so yeah, but working in AFC as a whole, I think it's been an interesting journey. Um, I wouldn't say it's been difficult per se because I've been blessed with it. Honestly, Mm -hmm. Um, that had really like, pushed me and put me out there and giving me opportunities that I could never have dreamed of right so it's it's, and that's something else that um it's important for like people in careers it's not just as you said Joyce like like looking for glamorous careers or what's like what's the in thing it's looking for places and careers that also like foster your growth and foster your development it's it's very very crucial because it can either make or my it's an interesting journey um great people um and then the firm, we generally pride ourselves in being like innovative and very agile. So that's something I like. So it's not, um, d- development finance institutions generally have a tendency to be kind of um, like slower in the way things work. It's not as like mm-hmm. fast as investment banking or um, all these other like private equity and whatever, whatnot. But um, mm-hmm. Like we are just like in between. We're not as slow paced as the traditional DFIs. We're not as fast paced as the investment bankers. We're just like the right fit, if you see what I mean. So, mm-hmm. um, so we're like agile and innovative, which kind of makes it very interesting. And my team is like working most times working on very like innovative products, which kind of makes every transaction like different and new. And it's something yeah. that we the maybe the challenging part was maybe when I first joined and like I was literally like the youngest one of the youngest people in the whole company wow. like, it's strange <laughs> so even wow. just like understanding how to like relate with people but thankfully like as i said the firm is like although they are older people but they are like very friendly very agile and nice guys so you wouldn't really feel that like you're the youngest you get but it helped mm-hmm. me mature quickly as well because like it meant like you cannot just be talking anyhow <laughs> because yeah. now you're looking for like people that are old and they'll just be like oh this is such an awkward young chap (laughs) you have to like grow up and mature and know how to have like intelligent conversations while just even like talking casually yeah i think that's that's really been it for me it's been good i mean it's been the the i'll say the maybe the challenging part is like the new innovative things we keep working on but it challenges Mm -hmm. you better it challenges you read more to know more about the field what more value you can bring from here yeah it's been a great time amazing just a very very quick question from my side and um, which is like 
completely just because of what you said about being the youngest person in the organization how do you like how do, how did you go there be the youngest person and still find a way to bring what you're bringing to the table i i, I don't know I'm, I'm going to try to explain that again so you know like you could have just gone there and been like okay so this is there you know everybody's grown everyone is older here and they have a way they do things and let me just like go with the flow and let me just like say what like what they what they think what they expect me to say or do what they expect me to do how have you been able to still stand out and just like bring yourself and still because i imagine that just like knowing you you're still bringing like your new young person ideas or like you know standing out how did you like just get past that and are able to do that within the firm Right, that's a great question, actually. Um, so, uh, yeah, when it was a culture shock for me, being like at that time, right now, more younger people have come up, so because we've all, mm-hmm. so, um, you actually, actually, the younger um, it was, it was initially a culture shock. It was, and it's good to have one of the questions I mentioned in the in the unique part was like it's important to have internship experiences early from your career mm-hmm. it kind of help yeah. get some kind of exposure that makes you a step ahead if you see what I mean so mm-hmm. so thankfully I'd had some internship experiences in different companies um, and I knew how people perceived interns and I knew how people that liked interns or interns that got converted behaved do you understand mm-hmm. so helped me have like a sort of a mind a different mindset from a regular person or a regular young person so mm. I go in there and I'm like working like I see for me full time so literally some people used to tell me like they forgot I was an intern do you get so I didn't wow. go in with a mindset and I think that's a very very crucial point so many times you see young young people when they go into a company as you said they just want to like be given tasks they want to be told what to do they, mm. so innovation no thinking outside the box no being proactive right mm-hmm. but I, I went there with a lot of proactiveness like thinking two three steps ahead of my boss okay i know he will need xyz so while i'm giving x i'll give y and z do you get just mm-hmm. so that i make his life easy because i know he he's already stressed do you see so that kind of way you become very valuable to the team and they're like oh wow this is like we've not seen this type of value before in, in mm-hmm. such a way again they're talking very highly of you to the bosses and whatnot so i think it's that is that is my mindset that i really helped me obviously the grace of god was very crucial but my mindset was different because i remember someone had told me one other internship that i had is that like interns always come with an intern mentality and then mm-hmm. when he described intern mentality is the same thing you're just talking about like being handed what to do being told what to do like because someone always look believe because you know someone will look at it anyways mm-hmm. but i think the that i hope like i was always top-notch quality excellence mm-hmm. like regardless of even when like things i didn't know i'll go and ask other people in other departments get very rich insights and then when i now present it it will be like as if ah you've known this thing like i thought you just came you get so yeah. it's that kind of like and then also just engaging different people not just being within my team so i was able to like make friends across different floors do you get so people used to really think i was a full-time staff even when like i was going through the conversion process and doing interviews people were even shocked that like ah, are you just actually getting converted oh, <laughs> wow. you, know, you get so um it's it's just having that like that demeanor and that aura of like excellence and proactiveness and then just friendliness and genuine kindness to people mm-hmm. i think that's what that's wow. amazing. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Sounds, sounds yeah. so good. 
Okay, thanks for that. Can I just quickly um, add that um, Victoria, I don't know, Victoria's internship was not, like, it wasn't conventional. I, I don't think they were handing out internships. Yes, at Victoria yes I remember. Because she basically, yeah. exactly, like, yeah. they used to hire people that didn't have any, like, full-time work experience and then she just like you know so i I think like even converting you was like a new it was like a first for the firm or something like that which is very um so (laughs) (laughs) so when i came that was like the shortest time they had converted someone oh my god (laughs) trailblazer for real right that's so Mm -hmm. cool yeah, so excellent yeah, mindset. It's actually God's grace first, though, before all these things I've said. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so just following up from what Joyce asked, um, what have you been your high highest moment and your lowest point at AFC? All right. So, yeah, um, I think... Good question, actually. My high point, I would say... Obviously, being converted in like record time, literally. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, the, my conversion story is like it's it's actually a miracle, but like it's it's obviously some of the efforts that obviously God doesn't bless like zero, like grace times zero is zero, right? So yeah. you need mm-hmm. to put in your effort, you need to put in your hard work and and discipline and proactiveness, so that yeah. when grace, it kind of multiplies. So um grace um plus all of the things i mentioned earlier um but that that conversion process was like literally i like people rooting for me to the ceo level i remember even having about to have the ceo interview and some of my colleagues are like you know what i'm having a meeting with the ceo tomorrow i'll take you in so that he already knows your face before you come in i'm just like wow all wow. of this well, it's just <laughs> of the friendships i had built like people like really liked me like my work so it was just like people were just speaking for me in places that I didn't even know so that's been one of the highs and I think just even working in this the team that I work in mm-hmm. like just the different innovative structures that we work on like has really expanded my my scope and my thinking because it's only infrastructure so we get to work on insurance as well so I've now mm-hmm. like gotten to learn about insurance market and how it works which is something I'm really grateful for mm-hmm. also like one of my career while at EFC is like obviously getting the CFE chatter because it wasn't the easiest of thing combining it with work so it was a lot of work and a lot of intense efforts for as in I can imagine thank god, <laughs> thank god it's out of me um, but for the lows in my career hmm, I would say probably by the time I in my whole career I would say um there was the internship and just and I'm sure all of you know about this internship but there's this internship I don't know if I can call the company but um, I, I can call the company Bank of America, right? Um, I was in, right, or what do they call it, global market. So not getting the full-time role from that time. At that point, it seemed like a little, but that's it. I always tell people, I think I would have been a failed sales trader because it's just not mm-hmm. in my personality. And when I go back to my first point, you need to understand your personality and what you can call it. You know that yeah. I love my numbers. I love my analysis. I love to think through things. I don't like, fast-paced decision making and that's all sales mm-hmm. and trading because i wanted to be a full-time i really like if they would give me to be a trader in one strange or non-tradable product <laughs> i wouldn't have minded <laughs> <It's not laughs> <tradable. Yeah. laughs> well, like when i look I back at them, I'm like whoa like as if they would have fired me after two weeks because i was <laughs> so struggling yeah that, like, oh, i don't even know how it has survived do you get so 
something like your personality and what because that's what all these internships they're they're two-way street people always look at it like it's a one-way street but it's really a two-way street is the company fit for me is that team fit for me and the, mm -hmm. the firm is also making a decision on you are you fit for them and vice versa so yeah that was a low for me then in afc specifically it probably be i think just the the period of my internship and just not being sure about the whole conversion because like being an intern in, in a conventional company, right? You would just think it's kind of automatic if you're doing a great mm -hmm. job to kind yeah. of be converted. But in AFC, they also go through like a full process, which is kind of objective and makes it sound kind of fair, right? So you go through a whole process. So that whole process, like was um, lots of interviews and I'm like, oh my goodness, I already worked so hard for this company. Why are they making me go through all these interviews for this thing? Mm -hmm. But I was happy that I had to go through all of it because it's sort of like, I earned it. It's not like they just give it to me, like, take mm -hmm. whatever. It's, so it's not like they did me a favor. Do you get? So I, I worked hard and then I also earned it by the grace of God. So, um, but that whole issue um, of whether or not it will click and not, not because, like, I, all my other alternatives, I remember that time people asked me, Do you have any other options if this thing doesn't work out? I'm like, Not really, oh, but let's see. Yeah. <laughs> so, but actually, it worked out. Um, and then the rest is history yes, yes, yes. Oh, well okay. done Victoria. well done honestly yes. i can't believe you said you did a ceo interview well i've never right. really heard of people interviewing with a ceo except like this startup or something wow i was like i have an analyst role i should have been written the ceo but yeah i had to meet oh. them oh wow wow very very cool um okay so we have this question we to ask you which is like you said you've worked with AFC. You said three, four years now. Yeah, it's um, almost four years. Almost four mm. years. Would you say that this is completely intentional? You know, like, is it is this part of some sort of strategic, okay, I'm working for AFC for four years, or is it like you just absolutely enjoyed it and that's why you stay, you stay there? You don't have to tell us your life goals if you don't share them. <laughs> but, um, like, can you just, like, tell us if, if it's been, like, completely intentional or it's just part of the goal or, like, it's because you love it so much? Yeah. right right um so indeed it's been a long time um if i want to judge by exactly yeah. every day um yeah. but yeah it's been a long time but i think it's it's it's, it's a mix of terms of like i genuinely enjoy what i do i think it's very impactful work which is what i like about it right in terms of like you actually see the value of what you're doing when mm. you like go on a bridge on you or you use an airport that your money financed, right? So it's it's great yeah. work in that sense. Um, and initially, obviously, when I first joined, because that was my first career, full-time career, like I knew that I wanted to learn and learning doesn't just happen like in one year or two maybe, but like I knew I needed some time to really, really learn the ropes, right? So yeah. um, I knew that like it would take me like maybe one to two years to fully say confidently that I understand what I'm doing. So, um, and I think after that, two-year time frame I kind of reassessed it again and it was still making sense um that okay you should continue here because the work and, and engineers and mm -hmm. even so me I, I tend to have like a two-year um, reassessment so this year is another two-year mark so it will be another reassessment time for me but I think yeah. because the work is continuously innovative and agile and the environment is continuously agile um I I'm genuinely enjoying it Mm -hmm. However, how is that rather? Um, obviously, I 
that like I could do other spectrums or other in interesting things outside infrastructure, right? So like private mm -hmm. equity or venture capital. Also interest that I have at the back of my mind. So I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, let me just continue building this infrastructure one. And hopefully once the time is right, I would make the pivot if I need to, to maybe VC or PE. But for now, infrastructure is a place. Yeah, I love the I love the learning mindset that Victoria just has. She just keeps mm -hmm. like saying, "Oh, you know, I knew I was here to learn, and you can't learn in one or two years." And, mm -hmm. and you're just like, you know, you're just like stepping on all our necks because we were like, "My manager is annoying, my hours are long." Right? Very, very impressive. It's also, we, we need we all need learning mindset, honestly. She's like our generation. Ugh. Yeah. Just jumping yes. ship, I see. I'm just like, what is this? yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um. So I think with all you've said about AFC, there's this question that I want to ask, but I think I already know the answer. So, um, do you think that you get a settle certain level of satisfaction from your job? I'm asking this because um, there's sometimes you're just doing your job. You're not necessarily like satisfied i mean you're not really getting but you're just you know doing it anyway because let's say for instance you just want to learn you're just doing it okay let me just learn it's innovative by the time i'm done like from here i'll now like move to a bigger organization now i feel like mm -hmm. with all you've said about efc i probably already know the answer to that question but right so no but absolutely i'm, I'm certainly enjoying and loving what i do um it's it's impactful work i think that's the the biggest um, I remember how um, the CFA president then described it because he was the one that made me know about AF's existence of it. And that's when that whole discussion happened at that time. So I um, might have context. So given all of us studied economics, um, in final year, we had an discussion to AFC, right? And that was based on the CFA research challenge that um, I and some other um, fellow classmates of mine so we had met the CFP person, and at that time he worked at AFC, or he works at AFC. So that was the so at that competition we got to interact. I knew about AFC and what they do. The work has profitability plus impact, where profitability meets impact, right? So um, it's like, yeah, we still make money, but we need to be impactful about how we make money. So I think that's the mm -hmm. very very satisfying part of it. Um, as I said before, like just passing through a toll road that your money finance. Recently, they commissioned the Dangote refinery and that's part of what we invested in, right? So it's all this yeah. impactful work that you see like finally come to fruition. Um, recently, we closed a deal that, although it's been like, it's taking us literally like three years to close, but like finally getting to closure and you're just like, ooh, finally this mine can be built. <laughs> you guess, wow. it's a good thing. Mm. And like, whenever I go to that country, for example, I'll just be able to go to that mine and say, oh yeah, we financed this and I worked on it. I remember the model, I remember everything. Uh, also, obviously, um, let me not come and be not be um, authentic here. The money in AFC is great as well, so that's the mm -hmm. satisfaction it's giving me as well. Okay. Because as obviously, as a young person, um, like not having so much expenses in life and then earning quite good money, it's it's a, it's a good feeling. At the end of the month, even if they annoy you that month, you just when you look at your paycheck, you kind of you brush it away. So exactly. Um, Keep pushing. But yeah, even just the diverse things that you get to work on as well. As I said, I work on insurance as well, which is something that 
um, I didn't have experience in before, but now I, I, I've gotten very good experience in it. So yeah, it's indeed very satisfying in short and I love it. Wow, important. Sorry, how does insurance fit in with infrastructure? I don't know if that's relevant for anyone on the podcast, but if you could just say two sentences, how does that like? Sure. So, so um, my team works on helping mobilize third party funding for projects that we work on. Mm-hmm. So, say EFC wants to invest in a toll road, let's say it's 100 naira, yeah. um, $100. EFC wants to put in 20 million or $20. We, my team helps get all the other banks that will put in the remaining 80, right? Yeah. So how we use insurance is, insurance is a tool for mobilization as well. So okay. in some instances, some banks don't want to participate in such projects. Yeah. But you have insurance companies that want to participate but on an unfunded basis. So mm. what then happens is AFC can then do the whole 100 by themselves, but they'll insure the 80. So in, in, in essence, the way it's we recorded in our books is, that the insurers are bearing that risk for the 80 because if any default happens, the insurers pay AFC. So yeah. they're not, they are, they backstop their risk with the insurance cover. Do you see? Okay. So they are really on risk for 20 because the insurers are covering 80. So that's okay. another way you can mobilize capital. Okay, very, very interesting. Okay, um, and then and, and just one another question that we had for you because you speak so confidently and it sounds like you really know it, your ish and like, you know, even just speaking about how, how good the work you were doing during your internship was, yeah. would, would you say that you still deal with or you still struggle with imposter syndrome and what does that look like for you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Hey, can anyone ever overcome imposter syndrome? I don't even <laughs> <Well>. know. <laughs> Yay, that thing is real, man. Um, I certainly do still struggle with it. Um, and what it looks like for me is just like sometimes overthinking things, like just mm-hmm. like, should I send this? Is this document well enough? Is it well written? Is it well crafted? Have I covered all my bases? It's just like overthinking and thinking to the last detail. Um, mm-hmm. And then sometimes like you just end up sending the thing the way it is and you realize you just get very good comments and you're like, really? I didn't think it was that great. Do you get so? It's, it's, it's always in that in our in my mind. Let me speak for myself. In my mind, um, it kind of happens sometimes. But how I sort of overcome it um, is really just I'm a big believer in negating thoughts with words. So mm-hmm. in those moments, I begin to just like say, "Oh no!" Like, come on, Victoria. Last time you did this and they commented well. Like, it was great. It was good. Mm-hmm. You back that means like even if worst case even if it's not good enough they'll give you comments you implement it do you get so yeah. i literally take myself out of that fear or that imposter syndrome and like me i'm very great to having conversations with myself and getting myself out of like moods so um it's something that i think people should practice a lot more because i don't think thoughts are enough to cancel thoughts i think you need to actually speak to sometimes yeah. cancel some thoughts in it when you um, say speak, think- like you're speaking out loud yeah, 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 literally, just like, oh, yeah. get the behind me, Satan, mm-hmm. like, this this thing is going to go great, I'm going to kill it, and then just reminding myself, maybe if I'm obviously in a public space, I can't start, can start talking to myself, <laughs> so then you just have to, like, remind yourself of things, so also remembering past successes is something that I use very often as well, mm-hmm. um, just remembering, okay, the other times where it has worked out, the other times where you got great feedback, the other mm-hmm. times where, like, you were commended, you get, so, just using that as your anchor in those kind of moments to kind of mm-hmm. think that, okay, yeah. I mean, given that this happened the last time, I'm, I'm certain that hopefully it will go better this time. Do you get yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and then just um, obviously researching and knowing your stuff as well. So that like, 
because that's what I think when you when you're better prepared and you know what you're talking about the importance you know kind of tones down it might be there at the beginning but as you start to talk and you begin to present or whatever or share that um, deck or whatever um it begins to kind of tone down because you know you know your stuff do you mm-hmm. get and whatever question they ask you or even they even ask you the first few questions and you're answering them well you start getting confidence so i i do also get to prepare extensively like mm-hmm. if it's like an article i'm writing or if it's a memo like a credit paper um is to like obviously research and like try to think like the boss would think yeah um, way so that, because like obviously you've dealt with this person for a while so you kind of know they are frequently asked questions they are frequently given feedback if I can put yeah. it like that yeah so you kind of already be implementing that already just so that you re- reduce the number of back and forth that go between you, 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 you and the boss mm. um, yeah. and then if it's like a presentation setting like I do a lot of role playing like sort of mimicking what I'll be doing that day or even if it's like a call I remember <laughs> when I first started my career and then Oh, my boss, he threw me into one call like this and he said, oh, Victoria, please leave that call. And I'm like, wait, what? Um, <laughs> I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. I remember I, I literally wrote down everything I was going to say. Um, and obviously, because then we're, we started working virtually, right? This was yeah. like when I So because we're working virtually and my cameras are not on, so they couldn't see me, but like, I'll have to be reading it, but I'll have to be pacing myself so no one knows I'm reading it. Do you mm-hmm. But that's how, like, even before the call, I'll have read it like three times or four times to myself. And how I'll pause here, how I'll say it here, so that it sounds fluent. Do you get? But over time now, I don't even like need to write it again because like I've gotten confident, more confident in, in like taking the calls and whatnot. So that's really it. And then obviously taking deep breaths. I think I, I find that very useful. Like just breathing. Like you can do it. Okay, Victoria. Um, just question. So what's sure. the major event in all of this? Like throughout the time. Maybe your whole career, or it could also be like time working at AFC. As one major lesson that has stood out for you, like this, this thing is like the one I've carried like throughout my life, and I would easily hand it to someone. I'll easily hold on to this particular lesson because it's very life changing. Right, that's a great question. Um, I would say the fact that your work would never speak for you it doesn't have a mouth to speak for you you would tell people about what you're working on mm. um, <laughs> <so> like, <laughs> you know like obviously coming from like i don't know if it's just a nigerian thing but we're just like told to oh don't don't toot your horn like reduce mm. your voice like don't tell people what you're working yeah, on like, oh my you're yeah. doing great stuff movie silence mm. yeah but that's absolutely yeah, worse it's like there's this humidity one kind of humidity i think that that that's not great for for careers or for just for anyone really because mm. um like people wouldn't know what you're working on until you talk like your work doesn't have a mouth to talk do you see so you have to sort of let people know what you're working on let people know the impact you're making from what the work you're doing how you're enjoying what you're doing and that's what makes them even remember you in those rooms when you're not able to be there do you see so I think it's very very important to build connections genuinely and also let people know what you're working like the impact you're making from the work you're doing and it's not in a very arrogant and presumptuous way but it's just in a way to just engage it's one way to also get to know people because when you let them know what you're working on, you also ask them, what are you working on? 
you genuinely begin to ask questions that you people have spent 30 minutes just standing there and catching up on what you're working on. Do you see? So I think it's just important yeah. mm-hmm. like talk to people, like especially in the workplace, especially women, please let's let's be more vocal about what we're working on and tell mm-hmm. people, let them yeah. know. <laughs> let's not be killing it, killing it behind the desk and just saying that oh it, it will speak for me to speak for me the boss will see it some way <laughs> won't see it, trust me <laughs> like he's so busy so you you took your horn in some way from a ship yeah sorry victoria can i just ask like because i actually have heard this before but what does that look like practically is it like us get grabbing coffees with like random people at the with like people in your team and just like you know <laughs> grabbing coffees and then during the coffee then you like quickly toot your horn and quickly talk about what you're working on or if you're like running with someone into the lunchroom and they're like hey victoria what's up and then you're like oh i'm good i'm working on this project and then you go on it <laughs> <laughs> you know do you see like oh is it those moments where someone comes by your desk and it's like hey victoria how are you what are you working on and then you just like you know quickly use the opportunity because that that one might not always happen so what does that practically look like um yeah i'm happy you asked that question so um for me right for example like i sometimes like in the workplace like when we're all working this is like when we've come back now a bit physically in and out Mm -hmm. um sometimes i'll just figure i just peep my eye just goes to the boss the boss boss and i see he's kind of free like mm-hmm. i don't see anybody around him i don't see anything so i just use the opportunity like it's just like i'm going to go and check in and say hi right it's mm-hmm. like oh you've not been around you've been traveling just so it starts as a casual conversation oh you you were i know you were here you were here you're here how about those trips how are those conferences who do you meet with investors just trying to engage mm-hmm. right and from there i'll just be like oh yeah that's an interesting one because i was just working on xyz do you get that i see that actually was talking about and i knew they would be at that conference they actually mentioned they were going to be there do you get so mm-hmm. that least we have chipped in that i'm working on xyz do you get i mean not yeah. go on and on on what, on what i'm working on but at least i've chipped that one in there then he says something else that kind of ticks Oh, another investor we spoke to the other day. I'm like, oh yeah, that other person mentioned it. We actually were on a call the other day with somebody else. X Y Z. So it's just it's a very like don't make it very unnatural, please. This is an advice. Don't make it unnatural and then don't just go to the boss and say, oh, this is what I'm working on. You need to hear it by all means. No, um, it's just finding like subtle ways to drop it, and it, it can be about the most random stuff, like um. Like, I remember even in the office, like, then when they were still, um, like, playing the World Cup, like, people would, like, gather in the kitchen to, like, watch it, right? So, me, I'd be like, oh, me, I need to run. I need to go and work on X, Y, Z. Me, I'll just try to drop what I'm working on. Do you get So that people that are there, they're like, oh, I'm not just puffing, you know, I have work to do. And it's not, like, oh, in a very... Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, this is why I'm, I'm actually busy. Like, don't think I'm here watching this thing. We're all not busy together. Me, I'm busy. Do you get mm. So that when, even, like, in the morning, I remember sometimes, like, our head of HR because we have a new head of HR like she comes around and she just like kind of greets people and then like normally I talk with her like on tennis and other random things but like once in a while so I'll just drop in that oh yeah we have a meeting today later today with some thing she's like oh yeah that's that's good she would have like obviously I know she's like making mental notes but like I mean I'll talk about my meeting or I have to talk about it too. <laughs> 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 it's just dropping in here and there like because these people remember these things. That's the funny part. They always remember. Yeah. So in their minds, when they go back and settle down and begin to reflect on all, all the analysts in the firm, do you know, like, randomly, they will just be like, ah, this Victoria seems to always be in one meeting mm-hmm. or always traveling somewhere, always. So in their mind, even if you're not really, really busy, 
they are thinking you're busy. You see? <laughs> and it's not like obviously you're going to be busy. You're not going to yeah. be faking it. Like you actually be commensurating the work you're saying you're doing with this thing. It's just like making them aware. Do you get consciously, unconsciously, or, or some way? Do you get mm-hmm. even you just close the deal? Oh yeah, we just closed this very, very crucial deal. Like it was actually very intense, but I'm happy it's finally because they're not going to ask, well, what was the deal about? Then you just you know that's why you now have the opportunity to show knowledge because if you don't know what you worked on, you're on your own. So you guys please take the shall where you're doing this, shall just be working on something so it doesn't choke. <laughs> yes, exactly. But you ask question now, you don't know it. So you need to balance actually, it's a good point that I brought up to us again. You need to balance it, know what you're working on at the same time as telling mm. people what you're working on. Yeah. that's that's good can i just okay, okay add that like I, I this is so good that you said it and like the way that you've emphasized this because even me in those my like one or two opportunities where because i haven't been intentional the way you've been intentional but like in those my opportunities of running into people and just like quickly talking about what i'm working on i feel like i tend to just downplay it just so that i don't know how to put it or just say okay mm. oh not that much i'm not like i feel like sometimes i do that because i don't want it to seem like i'm swamped and i'm overwhelmed and i can't handle what i'm working oh. on does that make oh. sense but like i realize oh, yeah. that now that i think about it i realize that i might kind of be underselling what i'm what i'm working on or like the things that i'm doing because like you said like no one knows how much you're actually like working on the desk and like how much time you're putting it if you don't talk about it um yeah that that's so that's so good oh my god this has been so good i told you laura every time i get on a call with (laughs) her oh my god i always leave so fired and i'm thinking what am i doing with my career no no i I actually like i understand where you're you're saying joys because yeah. when we first started i was like okay you know but now i just feel like yeah this is this is so good like yeah it's really impressive i i think the best part is how like you know victoria seems to have like every question we've asked her like she just seems to have this um the the method like a methodology for like doing things She's like this is what i had this is yeah. what i did this is that and then like there isn't like any question in particular that just caught her off guard or something yeah. and i really mm-hmm. like that sorry just very quickly this is just for me just out of curiosity so sure. just like knowing yourself when you started right and mm-hmm. then i just wanted to ask that what if like you're interested in people like that actually they're interested in so many things like <laughs> and it's not just you know maybe you know that this is but they're just interested in so many things they're interested in and their interests might not necessarily link. They might be interested in, say, events planning or, like, finance. And, and then, like, they're just confused. So, like, what advice can you give someone maybe like that? Do you think you have anything to give them? Right. Um, so, no, that's a good question. And I can genuinely understand such, like, dilemma, right? Especially for people that are maybe I also very multi-talented. You know, there are people that just have so many talents. Like they can mm. sing, they can draw, they can paint. Only one person. Do you get so um, God's favorite. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for such people, I would say I would say like it's just understanding what what skill set or what expertise you want to tap into at each point in time. Because that saying of jack of all trades, master of none is actually so true. Right. So you can I don't think it's practical to want to juggle all of them at the same time. I mean, yeah. it could be, but like it would just be very intense. So I think it's trying to find out at each stage of your life which of these expertise, it might not even be only one, it might be a couple of 
maybe yeah. one or two do you yeah. want to draw on or like hone on at that point yeah. in time do mm-hmm. you get and also it, it might depi- depend on what phase of life you're in right yeah. so if someone is just starting out in their career they've not yet built a brand name or anything or they've just like they're just literally starting out they don't have much money or whatnot there's mm-hmm. some kind of like expertise you can't really tap into per se like yeah. i don't want to <laughs> but like <laughs> No, I understand like, though. Like, if you're interested in events planning, obviously you can't just quickly. You probably have to start with something that you know might exactly. bring you money at that point. Exactly. That's what exactly what I'm trying to get at. So yeah, when you're just starting out your career, like some huge capex kind of skills may not be the most practical because mm-hmm. it would just be a lot of like you chasing, 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 without you getting as much return in terms of for, the, for that chase. So mm-hmm. it might be best for you to then hone on like the parts of you or the skills that could bring you initial money or initial income or whatnot mm-hmm. while you still pursue those interests or maybe as a part-time thing. Do you get so that like you don't feel frustrated and give up just from an early stage? I remember listening to one actor that he said that he knew he always like wanted to act. But like when he left uni, he studied chemical engineering. He was working at an oil company. But obviously, mm-hmm. like that's what bring him money in that initial phase. He kind of just jumped into acting because he doesn't know, like mm-hmm. he has not gotten a name just yet, right? Mm-hmm. And then what he then said was that like, he then went to like be shadowing someone by this side. Like, so after work, he would then go and shadow someone that was like an okay. actor or that had like, a filming academy or something like that. So that's a way for such a person, right? You know, you have so many interests. So rather than like look for the one that in the in the phase at which you are in, Mm-hmm. would bring would kind of check the boxes of like okay income satisfaction maybe not completely yeah. or at least to a bit and will at least give you some something to hold in the hand mm-hmm. while you kind of push your other dreams by the side then once you build that momentum that name that money the resources to pursue those other ones extensively this one then becomes secondary that one becomes primary at that phase so that's what mm-hmm. i'll just say okay huh. Thank you so much for that. Thank you, Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you so much for the Please. whole episode. Yes. Thank you for coming. I can on. say that this is our first um, episode on the self-development series, and these are I can't wait for the other ones. Mm-hmm. The other right. people that are coming will have some big bits big series to this because this was very <laughs> insightful. Yeah. And so- this is the thing about now, this is not just for like younger people. Or some this is for even people that are even like in their mid twenties or late twenties because I know definitely when it comes to career there's so many people that still have not gotten it right or that might have a career but they're still like making some mistakes that mm. you know Victoria has probably like pointed out now and thank you so much Victoria so thank you guys so much I was very happy <laughs> to be here very we will send you some dollars on behalf of Joy so <laughs> UA Joy. <laughs> Okay. Right. Okay, guys. All if you guys right, want guys. to find out more about Victoria, I don't know. Please check yeah. her out on her socials, um, mm-hmm. and then also please don't forget to follow us on at Being Twenty Plus Podcast. Thank you. Um, on Instagram, um, send us an email if you have any suggestions or comments, feedback, share with your friends. This was such an insightful episode, you know. Like, That's and if you're if you're trying to level up in your career, I think this is somewhere you can start from. So, yeah. thank you so much, guys. Have a great week. Yes, thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.
thank you guys for listening. We trust you learned a thing or two. Until next time. Bye. bye.